We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into the uh, final regular season edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview presented by Walk-On Sports Bistro. I'm Neil McCready. That is MPW digital football expert Pete Deweese. And I'm staring at the button that says recording. It's, it says recording right now. I don't really know what happened last week, but uh, it all worked out because Pete on Friday uh, threw together a uh, 33, 34 minute preview of um, Ole Miss at Arkansas. Got that to you on Friday in time for you to consume it before. Saturday's game, a 42-27 to Arkansas win at uh, Reynolds Razorback Stadium. The Rebels now uh, close out the regular season at home on Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, 6.30 on ESPN against uh, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Uh, talk about walk-ons in just a minute. First, I'll uh, say, Pete, how are you? I'm doing well. We are taping this on uh, Sunday night, so when you hear this on Monday or Tuesday, whenever we get it to you, and you're like, "What? why are they talking so much about what happened last night, if, in case we slip into that vernacular? Uh, I just drove back from Fayetteville. It's Sunday about 6.15 in the evening. Uh, Pete's got uh, family plans in uh, Mississippi, so he's going to be traveling and that kind of thing. So we said, hey, let's knock it out early and get it to you, and we'll get it to you in time for you to consume it in plenty of time um, before Thanksgiving night. Uh, we're brought to you by Walk-On Sports Bistro. They put everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. Check them out in Oxford or Ridgeland today. Ole Miss plays on Thursday night, so you got uh, Friday games. Uh, I guess the uh, Arkansas-Missouri game, Iowa-Nebraska. Uh, those games are on uh, Friday. You've got uh, all the uh, ro- a lot of the big rivalry games on Saturday. So go uh, check out the uh, the walk-ons. My hotel in Fayetteville was right next door to a walk-ons. That place was jam-packed at midnight on uh, Saturday night. People watching uh, the late game, I guess, Oregon. and um, Who was Oregon playing? I can't even remember now. Oregon and uh... – oh, shoot, who was it? I can't remember. Oh, Utah. I, I, Utah. Utah. That's right. I've gone to bed by the time that game got good and rolling, I think. People uh, people were packed into that uh, walk-ons watching that game. So you can do the same in Oxford or Ridgeland. And when you do, please tell them how much you appreciate them sponsoring this show and all of our MPW digital content. All right, we're going to spin forward to Mississippi State pretty fast because it's uh, it's obviously the big rivalry game, a big game uh, for Ole Miss in terms of bowl 
pecking order and that kind of thing. Eight and four, if Ole Miss skins up there, three out of four losses. Yeah, I don't know exactly where they land. Uh, nine and three, I, I think they still uh, have a lot of uh, a lot of options from a bowl standpoint, especially with Tennessee losing and Hendon Hooker going down with an ACL. Um, and hey, they no sure thing they beat Vanderbilt at this point on Saturday. Um, Clark Lee and and the guys. As soon as I gave up on them, they uh, they win a couple. So it's all it's all there, right? There you go. You just all you need in life is for me to give up on you, and then the rest, the rest is just uh, nothing but sugar. Um, all right, let's talk about Ole Miss and and Arkansas. Obviously, the first half went about as badly for Ole Miss as it could go. Went about as good as it could go for Arkansas, and then Arkansas comes out in the second play of the uh, second half. And uh, Rocket Sanders, I think it was 68 yards, uh, long run. Nobody touched him. He ran through a massive hole, and then he made a couple of good cuts. He's a very good back, and uh, he, he made a, a run. And from that point, the game was basically over at that point. Ole Miss scored three touchdowns to make it closer. Ole Miss ended up with 703 yards of offense, but – when I look back on that game, I'm going to think about two things, Pete. I'm going to think about Ole Miss struggling in the red zone early, and I'm going to think about their complete inability to stop Arkansas's running attack. You know, a lot of people on social media in different places want to talk about the officials and want to talk about the the uh, the, the the television crew that, that did the game. Um, and I've got comments on or thoughts on that, but. You know, the officials did not help Ole Miss. There were some calls that I thought were bad. That is what it is. Yeah. You don't yeah, you don't dig that hole without playing poorly, period. Right. Um I obviously Ole Miss could have gotten off to a better start, had some flags not been thrown. Um, but what we see on the television replay isn't necessarily what happened. Sometimes the replay cuts off early. The, the, the camera follows the ball, and I don't have the film yet, and I'm curious to see on some of them what you see. Um, but but ultimately, yeah, it was it was lack of ability to execute, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that, that really hurt Ole Miss. I mean, you know, what, what we know about Ole Miss right now as a team is if you get them into sure passing situations, it's not a recipe for success for Ole Miss, period. Um, you can attack the offensive line, um, and, and and you still have a young quarterback that has grown up a lot this season, that has done a lot of good things. But we saw him not have a great night the other night. And he made some great plays, but he missed some, and, and he had some opportunities. He had some um, accuracy issues, kind of he, all night long. He, he he did, and and you know, um, and 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 that showed up. And then so you know, the flip side of it is defensively, it was bad. And, and and I'm not going to – I don't like to throw kids under the bus. I don't like to throw coaches under the bus. Like, I just – I have been bad-mouthed up and down, I'm sure. My wife sits in the end zone and not in the bleachers for a reason, right? And and so um, I, I don't like to do that. And I'm not going to tell you – I mean, I told you after the LSU game that the plan, for whatever reason, was to play soft. And, and they were probably trying to do these things, probably afraid of matchups. I don't think the plan the other night was maybe as bad as the score looked. And I know that's hard to say um, because there were times where I'm watching and it's 
they guessed right. They had the call. The numbers are there, and the D end is getting worked down the field, or the the safety just misses in the hole. And and from a coaching standpoint, there's only so much you could do there, right? And from from a from a player standpoint, Sanders is one of the best backs in the country. I mean, the kid is he's he's going to be an NFL running back if he still has tread on his tires. Two best running backs in the SEC. Oh, I, I, the three best, arguably, in the SEC. Maybe Jameer Gibbs they were on being that. the other. They were on that field. Yes. There's no question. Yes, indeed. Um, and, and, and Evans wasn't even healthy. But, I mean, watching – God, Lord knows, watching four and five just go at it was, was something to see. And, you know, w- one of the things that, that I talked about a little bit in the preview – um, was Ole Miss is going to have to make a decision. Do we let them put it in five's hands or do we force them to, to let the quarterback run it? And, you know, when they put the ball in five's hands, it did not pay off for them. Uh, they, they weren't good enough at the point of attack to get the stops um, that, that they needed. And when they let one control the ball, um, he's just – I mean, God, there was one play – where they had him dead to rights. I don't know if the call could have been any better. And it's two guys converge, and he just somehow splits, runs through a bad tackle, and 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 he's out. And and you know it's it's hard. I, hell, they may have practiced tackling for thirty minutes a day last week. They may not have done it one time. I don't know. We weren't at practice. Um, but so so it's hard to say. Well, we need to work on tackling it may be getting worked every day for 20 minutes. Like you're also at a point in the season where you have to be smart about how you work that and do it. And when you show up to Fayetteville and it's as cold as it was, and it's a rowdy environment and that big joker's coming at you, sometimes it's just a business decision. And, and unfortunately there were times where it looked like there were some business decisions made. And then there were also just times where athleticism took over. And 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 some it, it was the matchup did not go in Ole Miss's favor. So, you know, was I was concerned about the run going in. I'm not going to say that I expected it to be what it was, um, by by any means. But but the reality of the Ole Miss defense that we know right now is when they have to get aggressive and put their secondary on an island and in a lot of matchup scenarios, it doesn't typically end well for them. And and we saw that when Ole Miss, because you know after the LSU game, everybody was like, "Why aren't we being more aggressive?" Well, when they got aggressive against Arkansas, KJ made them pay. And and it was the same thing against Alabama when they got too aggressive against Alabama. Bryce made them pay. Some one on ones down the field, and he made a decent throw or two, and and guys caught the ball. And yeah, I mean there there were some times where they went really aggressive, and it worked and there was some times when they went really aggressive and and they paid for it like you said and you know and and then hey when you can't control uh sanders any more than they did it's hard to go super aggressive because if he gets to the second level and there's nobody there it's gone i mean we saw that too i mean he's off to the races and he's not the fastest dude in the world but he's plenty fast and he's a big boy and he sees the field really well. I mean, you talk about vision. We talk about Quinshawn Judkins and vision, and God knows he's got it. I mean, he is a special player. But Sanders has that vision too. I mean, he he sees guys coming. He kind of naturally moves where he needs to move, makes a good cut where he needs to. And 
And then he's, you know, like much like it is with Judkins, these DBs, but business decisions, I mean, you're tackling guys like that at full speed in the open field on a 24-degree night, doesn't feel good. I mean, we, we all talk about toughness and stuff, but, I mean, I was up in the press box, which was covered, by the way, enclosed, and I had taken my jacket and put it over my legs because I was getting chilly. And so I don't, I can't sit here and tell you about toughness when a guy kind of takes a funny little angle on that. Like, well, and then you follow up trying to tackle him with them trying to cover somebody down the field. That's that you know it, it's it it it's a defensive back at any level is a, is a difficult thing to do, and 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 when you're not cleaning everything up in front with the D-line and the linebackers, it really makes it tough. And with what Ole Miss is asking those safeties in particular to do, you have to be able to keep some things clean in front of them. Um, and when they did the other night, it, things were okay. But when, when, they, when they're not clean, it, it makes it very difficult because now that safety can't come down with the same level of aggression. He has to be more patient. And when you do that to an elite running back, it, it's hard. Obviously, barring a change, the storyline on Thursday night from a broadcast standpoint is going to be about Lane Kiffin. It's all going to be about Lane Kiffin. It's, it's, if you're an Ole Miss fan, it's probably going to be nauseating, uh, frankly. But the game itself is going to be a pretty interesting game as well. Mississippi State on Saturday had an easy time against East Tennessee State. Starters didn't play much. Uh, Leach did their smart thing, got his players off the field. Backups got a lot of work, um, and they've they've lost the first two of the Mike Leach era against Ole Miss. They're going to want this game badly. Uh, Ole Miss starters played the whole game. I mean, they kept till the bitter end. Um, It was a late game. They didn't get back to Oxford until 3 or 4 in the morning. They were practicing on Sunday from 3 till 7 with practice and meetings. It's all condensed. Uh, there's a lot of intangible advantages for Mississippi State. So as I hand it over to you for this game, I'm curious how much on-field advantage do the Bulldogs have going in? It, you know, it, it, it's always an interesting week. Um, you know, you think if they flew into Memphis. Um, it's We're obviously having a little connectivity issue. Just hang tight. We're going to work through it here as Pete uh, probably ends up reconnecting. Again, it's Ole Miss, Mississippi State, 630 on Thursday. It's um, – we... There, I got there you. There we back. go. We back? Okay. We back. So, you know, like I was saying, it, it's it's those type of games – especially in these short weeks where not being able to fly directly back into Oxford makes such a difference. I mean, yeah, you land in Tupelo, you land in Memphis, you probably slept on the plane. You get up, you get to the bus, you go back to sleep. But then you finally get to Oxford. You Maybe you drop your stuff in the locker room, whatever, but you're in your car, you finally get home. It's a lot of interrupted sleep. So you probably sleep late on Sunday unless you had to get up and be in the training room. And then you're back in the field house. Now, the 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 nice thing is, right, students are gone. You do not have to wake up Monday morning and go to class. Um, but 
so the good news there is there's extra opportunity for rest, for treatment, for film study, for whatever, right? But you're also out of the routine that keeps you grounded a little bit. So the coaches try to um, they try to make sure to build routine for you and give you opportunity and do some things. Um, but it, but it's always uh, it's always just a, a different week aside from being a shortened week and nobody being in town and just everything feels um everything feels a, a lot different and and so you know the fact that Mississippi State played at home so I mean and it was a fairly early day game I believe I mean those yeah. if they wanted to be in their bed at 10 p.m not that they were but if they wanted to be in bed at 10 p.m they were right yeah. um so you're rested. You don't play a full game with most of your starters. You you don't have to travel afterwards. Um, you know, you're just you have a little bit more rest. Now you still battle the same things in Starful. You battle in Oxford of not being in a routine and some of that kind of stuff. Um, but from that standpoint, it gives you a leg up because guys that finish that game late in Fayetteville that were sore as hell getting on that bus and sore as hell getting off of it when they finally get back to Oxford. Um, you know, the guys in Starkville are waking up a little bit more fresh. And and how you start the week really can play a factor in how you finish. So Ole Miss, I'm sure, will do a, a good job of trying to make sure to get everybody healthy. Uh, practice will probably be a little lighter. One of the things that I was thinking about in preparation for this is, is um, you know, offensively, for Mississippi State, they do what they do. There's not a ton of deviation from week to week. They they live in a very defined world that has flexibility built into it. And from a practice install shortened week standpoint, it's a really good thing for them. Now, Ole Miss does the same thing in the passing game. The Ole Miss in the passing game carries a wrinkle or two every week, but the reality is majority of their concepts, they are locked in. They're the same they're not going to change. They might run it for, hey, this week it's this formation. This week, hey, we're going to use another formation. Here's the motion we're using with it. They do what they do. They they do find wrinkles in the run game, how quickly they can adapt and pick some of those things up. One thing I can tell you is people in that Ole Miss Fieldhouse started preparing the game plan for Mississippi State well before that game was played in Fayetteville. They're not getting – those coaches are not getting off the bus – at three back in the field house at seven or eight to put a game plan together to practice that afternoon. That that process has already started. So the question becomes, okay, how much how much new can we feasibly get in um really by by Tuesday, right? Um and and, and on the shortened timeline. So uh, that all that stuff will, is interesting, and all that plays out from a defensive standpoint. I think both teams again they 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 kind of do what they do a little bit, um, but there's definitely things that both of them will be forced to dive into and try to deal with over the course of a week. So, I went back and looked at last year's game and kind of looked at how the two attacked each other, and um, you know, Ole Miss leaned on certain things heavily but they were things that they had done in the weeks leading up so it's not like it was brand brand new right um so i would expect just a lot more of the same you know in the nfl you get a thursday night game 
uh, where, where teams, you know, just finished on a, on a Sunday um, and they've got the short turnaround, take the over because the teams are going to come out defensively and they're just going to play cover two and cover three because they don't have time to get a full normal game plan in. It's a little bit the same in college. Um, you know, maybe not quite to that point, um, but but the game plans change a little bit, right? So you have to be able to rely on this is our system. This is what we do. Let's make sure we can make it work against this opponent. Um, you know, for Mississippi State in particular, um, I think every Mississippi State Twitter account that has somehow graced my timeline today has made jokes about we better run the ball. Um, and I fully expect that Mississippi State is going to try to run the ball. I mean, um, and I don't in the last few weeks, I'd want to, I'd try to I, run that. It, that's part of it, you know, is, is, is what you've seen, but it's also truthfully, it's, it's what you've seen a little bit from Mississippi State. Now, these numbers aren't going to wow anybody. Okay. But in 13 games in 2021, looking at my notes here, they had 270 rushing attempts for 820 yards. Just over 60 a game, 10 touchdowns. That's in 13 games, right? So far, through 11 games, they've carried it 236 times. They've run for more yards than they did last year, and they have one more rushing touchdown than they did in two additional games last year. And I think part of that is them recognizing um, the need to because of how teams were starting to play them. So, you know, I, I made sure to watch the Arkansas defense versus Mississippi State because from a, a structural standpoint, they're very similar in what they do to what Ole Miss wants to do. They're, they play with, you know, three, two, six. It's the, it can be the light box and they're aggressive at times. Mississippi State came out running the football in that game. They ran the ball 36 times for 162 yards. Um, they used um, some passing game that's just an extension of the run game in there. So, I mean, realistically, if you want to count some of the the little shovel passes and, and quick screens on the edge, you could argue that, that Mississippi State essentially ran the ball over 40 times in that game. And it's because Arkansas gave them a four- and five-man box and said, we're not going to let you beat us down the field. And Mississippi State said, fine, then we're going to beat you right here at the line of scrimmage. And so Ole Miss, you know, that was not Mississippi State last year. They they ran the ball some, but there I don't think there was a game in 21 where they ran it over 35 times, right? They're going to come out and try to run the ball. And if they can be successful running the ball and force Ole Miss to invite guys into the box, it really is going to put the strain on the secondary, which which we've we've said could be a problem. You know, Texas A&M, um, when we looked at their defense early in the year, they go back and forth from the three-man front to the four-man front, and sometimes they're box-heavy, and sometimes they're, they're really working to defend the secondary. They ran it 24 times against them. Um, not quite as effective, not quite as much, but every time A&M gave them a light box, Mississippi State ran the football. So I, I think that one thing, and I'm going to go ahead and share a screen, and I'm going to show you guys some of that. Um, I think one thing Ole Miss is going to have to be prepared to do for all the things that Mississippi State and Mike Leach want to do in the air raid uh, um, and in the passing game is if if Ole Miss is not prepared to defend the run game for Mississippi State, um, Mississippi State will use it, uh, and they can be effective when they do it. So this is play one of, of the game. 
uh, for for the Mississippi State offense right here. You know, they they come out in a in a traditional two by two spread set, not a true tight end on the field, and they do take one side of the formation on this particular play, and they condense them down and put them close to the offensive line, and they'll do this in the run game and in the passing game. So they they keep you honest with it, but as soon as they see that they're getting this five man box from Arkansas, they've got five to block five. They're going to trust their back to go get three yards, and they're going to hand the ball off. So this is play one out the gate, and, and Mississippi State pops it for a nine-yard gain um, on the Arkansas front. Now, we just saw Ole Miss run for 400-plus yards against Arkansas, right? So I'm not making a claim this is the greatest run defense in the world. The bottom line is the structure is similar to what Ole Miss does, right? And so, you know, here in this first particular clip, Arkansas comes out and they have two five techniques. So that means their ends are outside the tackles. They have a nose. So they are gap deficient. They There is one more individual or one more gap on the interior than there are defenders. Now, post-snap, they can try to fix that. They can move him down either pre-snap or post-snap to try and take it away. But right now, everything about this look from the Arkansas defense, and there you see the end shift, but you also see the athleticism of the tackle to go cut that end off and get underneath him. But that gives Mississippi State the numbers they want right there. Their backs run hard. They've been banged up there. I know they lost one um, either in or right after this game. But they they run hard. They're not game breakers, but they are effective. They don't seem to turn the ball over. Um, and, and they'll attack you. You know, this is – couple of plays later, same drive. Yours is second and five right here, second and four. Again, now they get a four-man box from Arkansas. They found a formation to get a four-man box. Mississippi State goes and blocks it up and converts again seven yards. One of the interesting things to me about their run game, right, is Ole Miss and so many teams now live in the RPO world where the quarterback always has an option to throw the football. One of the interesting things to me is Mississippi State, they do some RPO, but majority of their run game is committed to running the football. You can watch the receivers here. No receiver on this field is going to run a route. They are all going to block. And so when when they decide we're running the ball, they're blocking everybody up and running the football majority of the time. Okay. Um you know, it, it, it's it's a lot of inside zone, and it's what you would call a zone base where because they're not asking Rodgers to read. He's not a runner. It's not how they want to use him very much. So they're, they're not going to read an in. They're not going to read a linebacker. They're going to straight up block everybody in the box because the math tells them they can win, and then they're going to hand the football off, and they're going to try to block guys up on the perimeter, okay? But they will also use some other things. So this is – this fits into like a gap type scheme. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to flip to the end zone here. So they get back in the same four wide, three by one formation, and they're going to toss the ball out. They're going to block down with the tackle. They're going to pull a guard out. Center's going to take the nose by himself. They're going to pull another guard out, and they're going to toss that ball and try to get the tail back on the edge. Okay. Um, they they will do things like the inside zone. They will do things like the toss right here. 
it is not the same as the way that we see Ole Miss toss the ball out because there is no read element in what they're doing. You're not seeing Rodgers potentially keep it, right? Like the announcers the other night during the Ole Miss game made a big deal about how Ole Miss loves to run their GT counter where they pull the guard and the tackle, and then, you know, Dart has an opportunity to either toss it or keep it. That's not what's happening here. This is, again, straight up, we are committing to giving the ball to our tailback. You are giving us the numbers, so we're going to try to take advantage of it, and we're going to toss the ball uh, out on the edge. Now, the next play has been a big one in their arsenal for a couple of years. Uh, Arkansas ran this for a big gain the other night against Ole Miss. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And I may be seeing things, but I swear on television that when Sanders got up, he was shaking his hand almost like it was a cowbell. And if you told me that they called that play cowbell or that was their signal for that play, I would not be shocked because literally when I saw Arkansas run the play, I went, oh, they took, they took that from State. And it's not that Mississippi State's the first team to ever do it, but they do it as much, if not more, than anybody I've seen in a long time, and they're really effective at it. So technically, pass play. But by all intents and purposes, this is just an extension of their run game. So they are going to show pass. The offensive line is going to sort out who's covered and who's uncovered, and they're going to release just like you would on a traditional draw. And the quarterback is going to look to the outside. Now, again, this is intentionally getting the ball to the running back. 
Look at all the receivers. Everybody's blocking, right? Nobody's got a route. There's not an option to throw this football. But as soon as that tailback steps up, quarterback turns, gives it to him. And again, it works just like a draw. And you can see because they throw the ball so much, because people are so concerned with defending the pass against Mississippi State, that when they get this pass look, if you are too quick to get into your drop and you're not patient on that tailback, they're just going to take you where you want to go up front. They're going to let the back sort it out. And they're good enough to make a guy miss in space and turn it into an explosive run. So, I mean, this goes down as a 38-yard pass play for Rodgers, but this is a handoff. It's an extension of their run game. Um, they, they run it a good bit. Here it is just a little bit later, still in the first half of the game on a first and 10. Different formation now. Um, there was a tweet a couple of weeks ago, and I don't remember who State was playing. It may have been the Auburn game or the Georgia game where they kept coming out in this two-back alignment, and people are going – What's the world coming to? Mike Leach has two running backs in the backfield. This is literally the this is the origin of the air raid. Blue and green are their two backs formations. And when when the air raid became a thing and, and they're at Valdosta State doing their thing and then they get to Kentucky, it is a ton of time spent with two backs in the backfield. If run game, passing game, it all plays out of it. And they have gotten back to using a, a little bit more of it this year. But so they're going to give you the same look, and this time they're going to do it. They're going to put one back out in a route. Again, show pass. Get these guys dropping. Get everybody thinking pass. And then they're going to work the little shovel to the other back right out the back door. So there's the look. Boom, show pass to the to the right. You hold the safeties. You get the linebackers to step to the right. Again, the offensive line does a great job sorting out the trash and they're able on a first and 10 to go ahead and pick up an easy six or seven yards. It's oh. a passing stat, but it's a run play. That's a, and it's chunk yards they're getting, too. It, 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 is, it is chunk yards. It is This is the type of thing that if you win first down and get them in second and 12, great call, right? Third and four, you're not pressuring a ton, great call. First and 10, great there. There's so many places that you can apply it because it's safe. You know, if it's if it, if the kid drops it, it's an incomplete pass. The chance of this being intercepted, it it's, it just plays out like a screen pass, um, but without some of the some of the same tendencies that that screens um, often uh, often come with. And like I said, they they do a really nice job of sorting it out up front. They don't do a lot up front, so they are good at what they do. They're not great in pass pro. They're not great in run blocking. But their scheme, they only have to carry so many tools in their toolbox. They're not asking these kids to carry 12 concepts. It is, this is what we do. We run this draw. We run this screen. We run this zone play. We run this toss play. Right? And everything else is vertical set, and let's figure out uh, figure out our, our passing game. Keep it now, simple. A sandwich and some lemonade, just simple. Uh, that it, 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 it's for them, it is all about how many times can our kids rep it so that no matter what you throw at us, our kids know what the answers are. And, and, and that's the same reason Ole Miss is, is very consistent in how they attack in the passing game, right? But what their Ole Miss does a great job of is finding nuance and, and 
game planning their run game. So I told you a minute ago, it's very little RPO. When they will take RPO is when you decide to be aggressive and play man-to-man because they believe that they can throw the fade against anybody with with ease, okay? So they have the same shovel pass called right here. You've even got linemen downfield on this particular play. But as soon as the receiver over here sees that he's pressed and he knows man-to-man, Roger sees it right now, you see him give a little hand signal if you look. He moves the back over. Okay, he's still not sure if it's man. Now he knows it's man, the safety. So watch him take his hands. See that little signal that he gives with his left hand right there? That's him telling you, oh, you're live now, baby. I know what I got. So doesn't step up, doesn't say a word to the rest of the offense, doesn't have to. Tailback still thinks he's getting the ball. Rodgers is going to turn, gather, balls up, and he throws a very catchable fade ball. And so right there, they go from a second median 28-yard gain on an easy throw to one of his big targets on the outside. Um, so, you know, if Mississippi State says, we're going to run the ball, and your response is, screw it, pack the box, play man, they want you to play man-to-man. Mike Leach's first game in the SEC against LSU, that is what they want you to do, right? So you have to really pick your spots in how you do that, Okay. So I'm going to change flavor a little bit, and I'm going to give you a different look, different defense. I'm going to give you some Auburn, okay? Talk a little bit about uh, the, the passing game and 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 the ways that that they will attack you. And we, we talked about this um, talked about this last year, kind of getting ready for state. One of the reasons Rodgers is so effective in this offense is that he's been in it since he was in middle school, a version of it when he was in high school, and his dad was his coach. And they're running a version of the air raid. And he does a really nice job of getting into and through his progressions. He knows where his guys are going to be because, again, they're so consistent in the concepts that they run and how they're going to attack you. So he does a great job. So right here, this this Y cross, and they have several variations. And this is probably the number one downfield concept in Ole Miss's arsenal as well. Right, it's not not unique to uh, to Mississippi State, but they're going to push vertical on the outside. They're going to put the slot receiver on an out route, and that's the first part of his progression. He may be locked in, kind of throw the out. It may be about the vertical. He may be having a choice between either one. Different guys read it different ways. Uh, you know, as advanced as they are in the system, it could be a true coverage indicator. Hey, if I get this coverage, they're live. If I get this coverage, they're dead. You know, it could be this coverage, one of them's live, the other's not. So then on the back side, they're going to work this crossing route, trying to get into the void. This guy's going to work vertical on a curl, and the tailback is going to end up out here in some version of the flat. So you built all these levels to attack both vertically and horizontally. If they stay in a too high defense like they show right here, this safety is going to lead you to where you need to be most of the time. If this safety hangs on this hash to defend the crossing route, then one of these guys has probably had a chance to come open. If that safety leaves and works his way outside, all you have to do is give time for your crossing route to clear the backers and you can find 
the window here. If the middle of the field closes, if this safety rotates, if something happens and they end up in a one high, this curl flat combination on the backside is a day one basic cover three beater. So it's a very versatile concept for that reason. One of the nice things they do here is the way that they use the motion. If you were to just to align number 11 up on the hash, this safety could likely play with inside leverage and is now in better position to attack the route. But by starting in these wide splits, motioning in, you out leverage the safety pre-snap. So a lot of people, when people originally work this and teach it, a lot of them, they teach this crossing route. They, they use the language, they say, under Sam, over Mike, where you're taught to, no matter what it takes, you go under the first backer, but then you climb and go behind. As defenses have kind of changed, people aren't being sticklers about going under anymore because they realize that the best path is vertical. You get a bigger window once you do bend and kind of tuck into that space behind them. So right here, you can see Roger starts to his left. That's where his progression is. And then how quickly he gets himself off of that, ready to throw balls out in rhythm, and the safety makes a decent play on the ball, and he's still late on it. Now, when we talk about their concepts and, and how routine they are in their concepts, there are air raid purists from the Mike Leach tree that they only run this play this direction because they want you to get so comfortable in throwing it, so comfortable in your landmarks and so quick in your progression. There are guys I know that at high levels that will only run this to the left. And maybe if the quarterback is better, it's only to the right. And then there's guys that do it both ways. But you can see Rodgers here starts his motion. Eyes now, he knows where he's going with the ball right now. He's starting to make sure. There it is. Boom, find it, rip it. Balls in the window. He throws a lot of accurate balls. They do a good job. What he probably does a probably what he does best. He wants to push the ball down the field without being risky, but he is checked down Charlie if you give it to him. If your linebackers play with depth and you take away the down the field stuff, he will take a running back in the flat for a four, five, six, seven yard gain all day long. The teams that do a great job against this at offense are guys that force the underneath throw and make the tackle for limited gain. Um, that that is absolutely essential. That is something that I would, you know, quite honestly, there's there should be some concern there because we have not seen Ole Miss tackle well in space defensively. Um, you know, here this is an example where they go to pressure. Uh, they bring a corner blitz right here. They've got six guys in protection right there. He works through his progression. This is just their mesh concept. So he's got a he's got this deep out right here. Ooh, don't know what happened. I messed up my. He's got a deep out down here to the bottom of the screen to his outside receiver. He's got a running back in the flat, and all they're doing is they're building a, a little bit of a triangle. Okay, so you've got the deep out here. You've got the flat route here by the back. He's going to go set the pick here. He's going to come underneath on the mesh route here. If it's man-to-man, -man, he is either going to rip it to his back right now or he's going to find one of these crossers as they set picks for each other. 
if he gets zoned, he's going to go through his progression, and the offense has created this triangle to distort the defense. And he's going to work that that triangle based on his read progression. And I know, again, different guys in the system read it different ways, and I'm not 100% sure how Leach reads it now. What it looks like is he's looking at his out route, quickly comes off his running back as soon as the backer expands. But he knows as soon as this inside backer actually DN expands with his running back, he knows that means that this void is about to come free. Because you're either man-to-man on him and he's getting picked, or the guy that's supposed to be running with him is going to have to fight their traffic. So he's able to make an easy throw right there. Um, it's Tulu Griffin, who's their kick returner, who is elite in the return game. Special teams is going to be absolutely huge in this game, in my opinion. Um, but here he just makes an easy throw underneath. And, and you know, it's an athlete in space that's fast enough to go do things with it. Um, same concept, just window dress it a little bit different down in the red zone. Now, instead of giving you uh, the out route at the bottom of the screen, what they're going to do is they're going to put that receiver on the post, okay? And I wanted to show you this clip, just one, to show you kind of the versatility in their concepts, but two, he does not have a huge rocket arm. But what he does, messed him up here, what he does is he anticipates and puts the ball in windows at a high level. So he's going to throw this post. Most people would tell you that that safety sitting in the middle of the field takes that post out of the progression. He's going to put his eyes on him. The kid, the safety, it's red zone. He sits on the goal line. He has nowhere to go. There's no reason to back up. But he knows he trusts his receiver to get a good outside stem to funnel the corner out before he breaks. And if he can hold that safety and that safety doesn't move, the right timing gives you a chance right there. And this, the receiver does a good job of catching the football, knowing he's going to take a shot. But the big thing here is the timing of this throw is is part of what makes him effective, right? And we have seen times this year, um, you know, we would see timing throws like this from Matt Corral a lot last year. Jackson Dart has not been as consistent making these throws. This is reps. This is experience. This is maturity. And this is complete trust and understanding in his offense. He knows where he's going with this ball. As soon as that safety holds the middle of the field, balls it out, it's a tight window. Couldn't have been thrown much better than that. Um, and then, you know, I kind of referenced it a minute ago, just talking about uh, they want you to play man. They have answers for it. When they see man, they are not afraid to put the ball up. Every single day in practice, he will probably throw 15, 20 of these balls on air. He'll probably throw another 10 or 15 against seven-on-seven or scout team or one-on-ones, whatever it is, right? And then that's not even counting what's scripted in their team periods necessarily. They throw this ball so much. They landmark it. They track it. They do a great job. You have to be successful running this play. Um, uh, in, in their vernacular, six. That's the name of it, six. And they are telling everybody. Now, the inside receiver here, instead of staying vertical, he he slants it because he, he knows he's the hot route in the progression. But everybody else is just working vertical fade landmarks. 
and he's going to catch this ball. He's going to get it out before the pressure gets there, and he's going to give his big play receiver a chance to go make a play. Um, so again, you know, for Ole Miss, it's the balance of making sure the numbers there to defend the run because Mike Leach will get stubborn and continue to throw the ball. But if you give it to him, he has proven this year he's willing to run the you know run the ball a ton. Um, at the same time, you can't say let's be aggressive and go play man. Last year, Ole Miss's defense, they mixed it up. They gave them different looks. They brought pressure from different spots. They showed pressure, dropped out of pressure, um, and handled things well. But I, I think across the board, they were a little bit more mature last year, right? I don't know. We have not seen the ability to consistently mix things up at the same rate this year. Um, so I'm curious to see how they handle that. Yeah, for sure. Um Total, totally different this year. Kind of kind of flipping the script a little bit, and I, I didn't even pick out particular clips here, but just talking a little bit about Mississippi State's defense. Like, I kind of said this about Arkansas last week. They're a little bit hard to figure out, and I guess I said that in what nobody saw but the two of us. And let me tell you, you guys missed something that was award-worthy. I mean, we we had a great conversation last week. It's a shame the Internet gods didn't want you to see it. Um, I'm sure Elon Musk has it somewhere saved in, in some some online portal, but it'll be sold at auction later, but uh, maybe sell it as an NFT. Work of um, yeah, complete work of art. But I can assure you one of the things we talked about was I can't figure out Arkansas's defense because from a team perspective, the numbers aren't great. From an individual perspective, you've got guys at the top of every leaderboard, right? So Mississippi State is – and Similar, you know, but not the same. Right, because after watching them play on Saturday night, they're not very good, um, but yet they've got two or three guys that kind of make plays. The 42, I think, Sanders. Yes, yes. He makes plays. Um, all of their linebackers kind of make some plays here and there. Um, the the corner. Side number three, he's he's not awful at times, it, but yeah, they gave up seven hundred yards, and they're not. They, they, they're they're not, but they have some guys that make plays. And they have a couple of guys who make plays when they need plays made. Yes, that well said. And the thing about defense, first of all, Mississippi State's defense is better than Arkansas's, but nationally, they are. 48th in scoring defense. Based on the NCAA website that I looked at, which probably had not been updated from yesterday, but I didn't pay attention, Ole Miss was 47th, right? So so we're sitting here saying Ole Miss has not been good on defense, and NCAA says it states one behind them in scoring defense right now, right? Now, in the SEC, they're eighth in the league in sacks. They've got 22 sacks on the season. But they're first in the league in interceptions with 14. I believe they're first in the league with interceptions returned for a touchdown. And so if you have a young quarterback that's having a little bit of accuracy issues, that is something that you have to be concerned about if if you're Ole Miss, right? Rushing defense, you know, they're giving up like 149 yards per game. It's like 68th or 69th in the country. Um, But – those numbers are skewed, just like Ole Miss's defensive numbers are skewed. But Mississippi State's are skewed by the East Tennessees and and some of the non conference teams that they've had. I mean, 
you know, there have been some teams, especially in league play, that have been successful, but it is hard to be continually successful running against them because of the style of defense they play. And even going back and watching the way that Ole Miss attacked State last year, Ole Miss threw the ball around a good bit early to try and soften them up to be able to run the football. First drive of the game last year, um, Ole Miss went for it on fourth and one and ran inside zone and Mississippi State absolutely stuffed it um and 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 turned the ball over right there. And and so um there's nothing Ole Miss has done that makes me think they're not going to be successful to some degree running the football against Mississippi State. I would be a fool to to make that prediction after what we've seen them do fairly consistently this season. Um but the style that Mississippi State uses can make it difficult. So I'm going to show you this. This is from the Alabama game to give you a little bit of an example, right? It, this is a typical formation that you might see Ole Miss use, tight end close to the H-back, close to the box, three receivers kind of spread out, right? And they, they're going to base out of this stack defense, this odd front defense that is typically going to keep three down linemen, three linebackers on the field, um, as well as three safeties. And the safeties are pretty versatile. The middle safety, who is here, I think he may be 13 maybe, will come down and will play in the box and around the box some. Um, But they do a good job of they play smart zone principles behind a lot of what they do. Um, but they're also very aggressive, especially at the corner position and have the ability to make play. So I'm going to flip to the end zone copy of this, okay? You look at this right now, and and they essentially have seven defenders around the box. Now, pre-snap, one linebacker's walked out, the other linebacker's walked out. You could say, well, there's really only four guys between the tackles. But one thing about this Mississippi State defense is the picture is going to change, and it is going to change a lot. So as you watch this first play happen, they're actually going to slant this end inside because they are bringing number two off the edge. They're going to slant the opposite end to the inside, and they are actually going to loop the nose all the way around as a run stunt. They're doing this so that if Alabama is running counter back away from the tight end, because it's something they do a lot, you are now adding another defender that's unaccounted for to the fit. When Alabama runs zone, which is what they end up running here, and they go attacking, he's going to stay outside. He's going to, he's actually going to probably take the gap between the tight end and tackle so that he can fit outside. He's going to maintain his gap, and you see the linebackers are just going to match path, and they're going to try to force the cutback. Now, you know, again, you know, Ole Miss fans now, they've seen the Alabama offensive line. They kind of have an understanding of what they are, and you can see right here, I mean, it's first play of the game, and they are an aggressive attacking downhill defense. The linebackers, I don't know if there's any of their linebackers or – individual stars, but they play as a unit very aggressively, a lot like the Arkansas uh, linebackers that we saw last week. But you can see the movement and the chaos and then the urgency that they play with up front can cause a lot of problems. 
um, in some regards, going right at them is maybe the best way to do it instead of going uh, laterally at times. I don't think they're quite as strong as they were last year on the defensive front, but they, they're certainly not bad by any means. Okay. Next play, second and long now. Uh, Alabama comes out and tries to go play action right here. And, you know, you can see if, and we said this against Arkansas, and we saw Ole Miss try to do it. If you can get on their safeties, you can find some space against their safeties. Um, here they come up, they're able to get a safety one-on-one, but Bryce doesn't like it, feels a little bit of pressure on the backside, so he doesn't take the downfield shot. But again, they play, you know, when they play their own offense in practice, they they have to force these checkdowns. They do a really good job in most of their games of trying to take away the over the top, force the underneath, and then again, they just they do a really good job of playing with urgency um, and, and, and rallying up to the ball. So, you know, you go from first down, you see the obvious run stunt. Now here we are, second and long. They're, they're don't blitz. They don't bring any pressure. You can see they're moving the front pre-snap. They kick them over, get them where they want them. Now they're just going to rush three, and they're going to play zone behind it and keep everything in front of them. They do a good job of, of kind of picking and choosing, I think, when to be aggressive. Um, and so here you're third and medium now. So here they are. They're showing a little bit of a pressure look. Here they are walking into it, and they're going to come out with it with the zone blitz, right? They're showing that they're going to rush five right here. They're actually only going to rush four. They pop everybody out. They play zone behind it. And again, Bama force or uh, Bama's forced to take the check down, and State tries to rally up to it. So the offensive line for Ole Miss is going to have to do a great job in passing situations of managing all the chaos and the pressure looks that they're going to see. Jackson Dart is going to have to do a good job of getting through his progression to take what's there and not force the football. Um, that That is, you know, th- that's going to be a, a big part of this game because that's, you know, and I do think there were times last week or uh, on last night where there were a few times where he found his check down and, and, and Ole Miss wasn't able to get huge gains out of it. But he's, again, he's, you know, he's still turning the ball over some. He, he still had some issues, but he he's still, for the most part, doing a good job of managing his checkdowns. I think what Ole Miss would like to see him do at times is maybe not pull to run as quickly as he does, but maybe pull the ball and find his checkdowns. And and if he can do that against this state defense, there is some some opportunity there. Okay. Um, you know, again, here, here they are again. Alabama comes out the next drive. They go play action again. Um, have opportunities to work curl routes down the field. He doesn't like it. Um, this is something just, this is a, a nerd thing, right? This is a coach thing. A lot of times when you, when you coach linebackers, you talk about guys playing on a string. They should look like puppets that are tied together and their, their, their movement should be similar. Watch all four of these linebackers, in particular the three that are to the bottom of the screen, and this stood out to me as I was watching it, is look at their steps. When they realize the pass, they're almost mimics of one another, right? And and it's a it's a sign, it's a sign of coaching, honestly. Um, but it also like 
they understand the role, they understand their scheme, and they understand their principles. And there's not a ton of times in these games where you see their players looking entirely lost. And unfortunately, there are times watching Ole Miss last night where guys just felt out of position. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, you know, that's going to be, you know, part of the challenge. And, And again, there's, there's no reason to think that Ole Miss cannot be successful moving the football um, uh, against this defense. But, again, um, I will say this. Their defense, and I feel like State has been like this for a long time, their front is aggressive, their back end will take risk, but they are a group that absolutely feeds and thrives off of energy. Every time I watch them play, I feel like defensively in particular, they just they they thrive off of energy. If their offense is creating energy, if their special teams is creating energy, or if they're doing it themselves with negative plays and and turnovers. And so in Oxford, not in Startful, hopefully with a good home crowd. Um, if Ole Miss can create the energy we've seen them create at home this year. And and not let Mississippi State be the source of energy. Um, it sounds so crazy, but I do think that that is a that's I think that's a big piece of the success for Ole Miss because when you when you know it, I, I, I don't want it to sound like I feel like I've been talking about this Mississippi State team like they're a, a ten and two football team and they're not right they're not a bad football team but they're they're certainly not a great football team but. We haven't seen Ole Miss play the past couple of weeks, and I don't know if we've seen them at any point this season other than spurts of being a complete football team on both sides of the ball clicking at the same time. Yeah. And and, and in rivalry games and on short weeks, you know, you have to be able to do those things. And so you have to be able to to do here when, you know, they're able to get to the middle safety and catch a guy that's essentially, a, you know, a tall long linebacker and get him matched up on a receiver. And Ole Miss is going to have to be able to take advantage of those things and create some explosives down the field. Last year, Ole Miss did a great job um, of, of taking um, Drummond, and they used him in motion, and they threw screens to him on the perimeter. And that's how they created a lot of their offense early in that game that opened up the run game and opened up other things. But we haven't seen that element be as successful this year for Ole Miss, right? Um, so I'm real curious to see, does Kiffin bring that back? Does he? Do we have somebody? Does he have somebody that he gets those swing passes and all of those things to? And then, um, you know, I, <laughs> Ole Miss is going to have to play a clean game from a penalty standpoint. We saw how much it hurt him, legit or not. We saw how much it hurt him last week, last night, or last week, whatever. Um but I've seen multiple people reference it today on Twitter is uh and I think my favorite, you know, said um, you know, if there's a if there's a Vegas line on whether or not a unsportsmanlike penalty is called in a play involving Malik Heath, pound it. Right. Yeah. Um and that's not a knock on the kid. That's not a knock on it's a dude that left their roster to come be a part of this one. And mm-hmm. there's gonna be some chirpiness. For sure. Because he's a confident player and they're gonna put Forbes or whatever their corner is on him, and that dude's a confident player. And there's going to be some jaws, some jaws moving. So, um, 
managing that emotion and 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 managing all the emotion of the kind of the cloud that's hanging over the, the field house right now, I think is going to be important too. One of the things I'm interested to see with the fans, uh, what the atmosphere is like if Thursday there's been no resolution to this by Thursday. What's the atmosphere? Can you kind of feel it a little bit? Um, my guess is you'll be able to, and and uh, I don't I don't think that's something that media makes up. I think you'll be able to kind of feel it a little bit that hey, there's something weird in the air, and um, you know it's stuff like that can can filter into a team a little bit. I think that it's clear that it has at Ole Miss, at least to a degree. And, um, you know, for State, like I said at the beginning, they've lost two of these in a row. They they, they desperately want to get it. They don't want three in a row. And um, I, I anticipate, for whatever reason, I'm kind of anticipating a weird game. I, I don't I don't know why. Um I I've, I read the Alabama game right. I I don't think I read Arkansas right. I thought Ole Miss would answer the bell better than it did. Um, I thought that was going to be a close, uh, maybe even middle scoring game. I didn't see, yeah. it. but um, this one I just kind of feel like it's going to be weird. And so, it, you know, it, it, there's so many things with the game being. I hate the game being on Thursday. You know, um, and 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 part of it is is you don't know what you're going to get from a fan standpoint, right? Um, because the reality is for, for a lot of people that don't have a condo in Oxford or don't have the hotel room that they booked months in advance, like, you know, it, it, it's harder to just go for the day sure. um, unless you can convince your wife and everybody else in the family to, hey, let's do Thanksgiving on Wednesday or let's do it on Friday, you know. Um, that that's a factor. And and then here's, you know, honestly, I think this is kind of part of the challenge for, for the Ole Miss fans is you show up and you're loud and all of a sudden maybe something doesn't, doesn't go great earlier and everybody's living in this maybe skeptical world. And, you know, some people are confident that one thing's going to happen and others are depressed that something else is going to happen and, and whatever. And nobody really knows right now. Um, but if, 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 Ole Miss has to control the energy in that stadium. That's just the reality of a rivalry game, yeah. you know, and, and there's going to be state fans in the stadium and there's going to be cowbells in the stadium. And, um, you know, the fans, as much as Kiffin likes to talk about it, they have to play a factor in this game, in my opinion. I agree. It should be, uh, should be awfully interesting. Um, we will be back. Um, I don't know, sort of depends on what happens, frankly, with uh, a couple of the things that we're talking about here. We might be potentially not back until a bowl game. We might be back to talk about different coaches' schemes. I, I don't know, and I'm being as honest as I could possibly be. I, I'm I'm preparing on both ends, I'll say that, and uh, I think that's just the uh, wise thing to do. So we'll see. I I I, I just don't know whether this is – Lane Kiffin's last game in Oxford or whether this is a week that's going to bring a commitment on his part and a renewed energy and both of those things I would think are are, frankly are on the table so we'll be back uh, to cover it one way or the other and uh, Ole Miss will go bowling we'll find out bowl destinations in about week and a half two weeks so we'll talk about that when the time comes when we get a bowl matchup and all of those things but Pete thanks so much as always for uh, for doing this it's been easily the hit of the football season everybody has loved it it's been great 
and uh, we'll be back with some more of it in the uh, in the month of December as we uh, get closer to the bowl season. Sounds good. And brought to you by Walk On Sports Bistro. Don't forget uh, Ridgeland and Oxford locations. Stop in, enjoy uh, a a meal, uh, an appetizer. Uh, their great beer selection, their full bar, and more. They're at Walk On's Sports Bistro in Oxford and Ridgeland. For Pete, I'm Neil. That does it for this edition of Pete's Pigskin Preview. Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Enjoy the uh, Egg Bowl. Have a great Thanksgiving. Please be safe traveling, and we will talk to you again next time.